to a toy-tastic episode of Best Whatever Ever. This is episode nine. I am Ira, and this is the podcast where we talk about whatever. A whatever is something that kids find silly or important or... Super Super silly silly important. important. Those are my bosses, Spencer and Scarlett. And what's more silly super important to kids than toys? Nothing. I don't think there's anything really more super silly important than toys. No. That's today's whatever. And it's super appropriate since the holidays are coming up real soon. But I suppose it doesn't really matter what time of year it is. It's always the right time to talk toys. We love toys. I love toys too. Did you guys know I worked for a toy company for many years? For real. And my favorite part of the job was working alongside the toy designers. What do they do? Well, they come up with the ideas for the toys. They figure out how they work, and then they draw what they look like. I worked with some of the most creative and talented people in the world. I was super lucky. So here's a question. If you could choose any toy in the world, anything, what would you choose? A life-size Lego Star Destroyer from Star Wars. Whoa, could you get me that because I want it now, 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 now? Um, sure, no problem. Actually, it is a problem. You're gonna have to ask Santa Claus or Hanukkah Harry, or if you are the boy in this episode's whatever story, you'd have to ask Grandma. And Scarlett, what about you? What's your dream toy? I want a giant stuffed animal dog that's bigger than this house. (laughs) You guys seem to like the toys you already have, except at a giant scale. A quick question, Scarlett. If you had a giant dog, where would it poop? Ha ha, that's your first bad joke. We keep track. Well, since this is episode 9, I wanted to remind everyone of the very first episode of Best Whatever Ever from way back called Where Do Giant Monsters Poop? If you haven't checked it out yet, please do. It seemed appropriate to talk about it since you guys are dreaming about giant things. Anyways, are you guys ready for today's story? Yeah! It's an adventure of toy-tastic proportions. All right, let's do it. The Quest for the Toy-Tastic Treasure, Part 1 Grandma's coming! Grandma's coming! Edward's grandma came from a galaxy, I mean a country, far, far away. And she always brought toys. And we're not talking about a few pairs of new socks or some cheap toy she bought in the airport on the way over. No way! Grandma always brought the coolest, most amazing toys ever. Edward spent a lot of time playing with and, of course, admiring all these gifts. He looked outside his window and saw a full-size submarine parked in front of his house. He got it as a birthday present when he turned eight. It didn't fit in his driveway, so it had so many parking tickets stuffed into its periscope. He didn't know where else to park it. Because of Grandma, he was one of the few kids in the world to have his very own Monster Blaster Catcher Ray. But then again, the bubblegum-powered rocket ship that folds down into a backpack was pretty cool, too. Oh, and Edward loved the regenerating chocolate bar his grandma gave him for his ninth birthday. The chocolate squares grow back after each bite, 
and never ever spoils rotten. Just like Edward, he never spoils rotten. And those were just a few of the toys that Grandma had given him over the years. His bedroom overflowed with them. Each time she visited, Edward always wondered how she was going to top herself. Somehow, she always did. What do you think she's going to bring us this time, Alpha? <coughs> Alpha's tail wagged like windshield wipers in a hailstorm. Edward's grandma always brought her something special too, like the tastiest chew toys that never wear down, and a doggy bed with automatic solar-powered head-scratching arms. The doorbell rang. Edward and Alpha sprinted downstairs. Grandma! Edward cried, and he rushed into her arms. Not only did Grandma bring the best toys, she also brought the best hugs. She kissed him on the cheek, mussed his hair, and gave Edward a big loving smile. Edward couldn't help it. He tried to wait, but he just had to know. What did you bring us? He blurted. Grandma laughed, expecting the question. Hmm, she said as she rifled through her purse. And then she patted down her pockets. I thought I had it right here. Edward couldn't take the suspense. Grandma continued. Huh, I can't seem to find it. Maybe I lost it on the way here. Edward's skin went cold and his belly suddenly felt really weird. And he was at a loss for words. Oh, here's something, she said. Edward was relieved. Phew. Grandma retrieved a crumpled piece of paper from her purse. This must be a clue to the last place I saw it. I'm not wearing my glasses. Can you read it? She handed him the paper and left the room to go say hello to Edward's mom and dad. Edward examined it. It was a hand-drawn map, and it was torn and incomplete. He saw a doodle of a house, and next to it was an address. 2601 Trickleberry Lane. That was his address. And next to it was the word start. An arrow led across the map of the country and to a landmass in the middle of the Bermuda Triangle with the words Pirate Island. That's where our present is, Alpha. We've got to get it. Come on, let's go. They sprinted up to Edward's bedroom and geared up into his adventuring outfit, which Grandma bought for him the last time she visited. It had an adventure vest, an adventure hat, adventure gloves, and, most importantly, an adventure belt that held all kinds of gadgets. He grabbed all the other supplies he thought he'd need along the way. The bubblegum-powered rocket ship backpack, the monster catcher blaster ray, and the regenerating chocolate bar. To the submarine, Edward cried. After many days of traveling under the sea, Edward and Alpha finally arrived at the shores of Pirate Island in the middle of the Bermuda Triangle. It was a beautiful island filled with coconut trees and coves. The sand was almost as white as whipped cream and as silky as the super soft monkey lovey Grandma bought him when he was born. As they swam up to the beach, they saw a coconut stand. Because all Edward ate on his journey were pieces of the regenerating chocolate bar, he was really thirsty. He craved coconut water. The only problem was that there was no one manning the stand. Hello, Edward called out. Anyone here? No answer. He was so thirsty that he decided to help himself to a coconut. 
he left a dollar on the counter and grabbed a coconut and a straw and he slurped away. Delicious. Just then, he felt a hard tap on his shoulder. That there's for pirates only. Edward turned and saw a big muscular pirate with a big bushy black beard. He was so tough looking, he wore patches over both eyes. Behind him were more pirates, each one looking tougher than the next. Like I said, pirates only. Are you a pirate? He don't look like a pirate, said one of the others. Edward definitely wasn't a pirate. The pirates crowded closer and growled. Grrr. They each raised their hands. Every single one of them had a hook instead of a hand and a wooden peg instead of a leg. Um, chocolate? said Edward. He held up the regenerating chocolate bar. The pirates stopped. Who could say no to chocolate? And, fun fact, did you know pirates can't resist chocolate? Why, yes, said the pirate leader. Why, yes, indeed. Edward handed each pirate a square of chocolate, and there was enough for everyone because the bar regenerated. They all washed it down with delicious coconut water. This here chocolate goes so well with coconut water. Thank you, kid. No problem, but can you help me with something? Edward showed him his grandma's incomplete map. Does this look familiar to you? Arr, it does indeed, cried the pirate. It looks just like this. He showed Edward a rusty red rock. Drawings were carved into it. Edward held up the rock right next to the incomplete map his grandma gave him. The drawings fit together, just like a puzzle piece. It added another section to the map. The drawing showed a path that led from Pirate Island up into the sky, into space. We found it on the beach. We thought it was a coconut, but turns out it's just a rock, said the pirate. Edward pulled out a special magnifying glass from his adventure belt and examined the rusty red rock. Hmm, Edward said. It looks like it's from Mars. Thank you, pirates. Edward stuffed wads of bubblegum into his mouth and chewed. He opened the backpack and out popped a rocket ship. It unfolded until it was full-sized. The pirates oohed and awed and arred. Bye, pirates! Edward and Alpha hopped into the rocket ship. Edward took the wad of chewed-up bubblegum from his mouth and stuffed it inside the rocket's fuel tank. Edward cried out, Three, two, one, blast off! The rocket shot up through the atmosphere and into outer space. Soon, they landed on Mars. He had eaten a lot more chocolate on the way. It was a good thing the adventure costume had a space explorer feature. With a push of a button, glass extended from Edward's adventure hat and allowed him to breathe while on Mars. He even had a spare one for Alpha. From across a crater, Edward saw a group of Martians. They had green skin and antennas. They look just like, you know, they look just like Martians. They seemed to be gathered around a giant machine that looked like some kind of high-tech cannon. Edward floated towards them. Fun fact, Mars has a lot less gravity than Earth. Oh, and pirates still can't resist chocolate. The Martians turned to Edward and said, Zabberzeebu! He took out an alien language decoder from his adventure belt. You're just in time. The Martian said. In time for what? 
asked Edward. Time to watch us destroy Earth. What? The cannon started pulsing with energy. Ready, said the alien. Aim, fire! Uh-oh. Oh my goodness, a cliffhanger. I bet you guys didn't know this week's story was going to end with a cliffhanger. Yes, of course. Yes, we did. You said it was part one. Oh yeah, it was called part one. So there you go, to be continued. Well, now you guys need to listen to the next episode to find out if Edward manages to stop the Martians from destroying Earth. And if he succeeds, will he find his grandma's present? And what is it? Please tune in next time for part two of the quest for the Toy-tastic treasure. In the meantime, if you want to try to guess what happens, let us know. I think they'll save Earth from the aliens. Maybe, maybe not. And if you want to tell us what your dream toy or whatever your favorite toy is, also let us know. You can feel free to draw it. Go to thebestwhateverever.com and you'll find all the ways to reach us. Instagram, Facebook, email, whatever. All the information is also in the show notes. Until next time, best whatever ever. Best whatever ever. Best whatever ever. Bye. Today's story was written, produced, and edited by me, Ira Singerman, with help from Spencer Ann Scarlett. If you want to support the show, please subscribe and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And feel free to email me with any feedback at bestwhateverever at gmail.com. And I'll put all other information in the show notes, so check it out. Thank you so much for listening. Please tell your friends about us. Until next time, this has been the Best Whatever Ever podcast. Bye, everybody.